Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 47 of UAB Green and Told, original air date Monday, June 7th, 2021. Through this podcast, we are able to share stories from members of the UAB community. Take a listen back to all of our episodes on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. While you're there, I'd love for you to leave a written review so we can reach more alumni. I'm Greg Barry, a UAB alum and assistant director in the UAB Office of Alumni Affairs. Let's be real. UAB has one of the best and most lovable mascots around. But when it comes to mascots, the charming and adorable dragon is quite young. One of the first students inside the suit was Charles Floyd. As we'll discuss, others encouraged him to audition when Blaze was first introduced. Oh, we know who would be the person we should mention this to. Um, and so it quite possibly came across my radar from somebody who's like, yeah, yeah, Charles will do it, you know, or let's tell him. While it's been more than two decades since he first put on the suit, Charles will share his memories from his Blaze tryout. And the music starts playing, and I remember just kind of going with it, just like, uh, just release and enjoy the moment. And being a mascot isn't all glitz and glam. It can be hot, really hot. Brutal. It 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 is. Oh my gosh, it makes you, you know, question life decisions sometimes. In its relatively short 50-year history, UAB has had several mascots. First, there was the nameless Pink Dragon, followed by Beauregard T. Rooster, and then a scary Viking named Blaze. In 1996, lovable Blaze the Dragon made his debut. One of the first to suit up was Charles Floyd, a man with as nearly as many names as UAB has had mascots. Apparently, all of my aliases are somehow related with C. I cannot get away from that. I, I haven't made it to a Tom or Breck or anything like that. I'll I'll turn that corner one of these days. Uh, <laughs> but they're all, they're all C. Uh, and, and the thing about it, my birth name is Chavarro. Uh, I actually don't even say it quite right. It's, it's a Spanish orientation name. Uh, it's, I found it to be actually very common, like Central and South America. Uh, when I was in Costa Rica, I saw it all the time, and that was crazy. I was like, wow, I never see this anywhere else. But my mother, when she worked as a truancy officer in Florida, which has a large population of sometimes Hispanic people, she fell in love with a young boy who had a similar name when I was born. That's how my name came to be. But of course, it's not so user-friendly. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, not even for me, okay? Like up to five years old, I'm like, mom, really? Really? You know, um, you don't see this in any of the books. All my other friends had their names in books. Joey, I remember all that. I'm never in a book. But after a while, just to ease for other people, uh, my grandmother nicknamed me Chuck. Okay. Uh, actually, Chucky. But of course, as you get older, you know, uh, I can't be Chucky. So it just became Chuck. And that's what happened all the way up until university at UAB, actually where some of my friends there were like, well, people named Chuck are often Charles. And so people just started calling me Charles. And even though I was fighting against it, at some point you just like, okay, I'm Charles. I got used to it. And next thing I know, I'm introducing myself as Charles. And so it's become branded. So so before you became the more studious Charles, what was Chuck, Chucky like <laughs> growing up? Growing up, um, Free spirit, curious, a little bit mischievous, 
But I think you have to have that in context of where I was growing up. I grew up in a very rural part of the state, a little small town. You can find it now because you have Google, but back in the days of maps, uh, it wasn't even on the map. Uh, and this little small town called Sawyerville. Okay. Uh, like Tom Sawyer, but absolutely no relation. Uh, and so, you know, in this little small rural community, as you can imagine, I mean, it's like this small kind of farming town. You actually probably have more livestock than you do people, you know? Um, so as a kid, that's like, you know, boring in a way. It's like, you know, there's not anything quote unquote to do. Um, and so you just become really good at just kind of, using your imagination and making up stuff. And that's what I did. I, I, I was uh, adventurous in that kind of way. I, I was good at going out in the yard and, and kind of always being a, a scientist at heart. I would be out there kind of steal some supplies, cleaning supplies and stuff from underneath the bathroom sink, take them outside and start setting up different types of science experiments just to see what kind of reactions I would get. And, and I came pretty good at, at making different little things that would, you know, either foam up or little small micro explosions, not to sound bad or anything like that, but you just kind of take a few science books, a few recipe books, and you kind of figure out these combinations. So I would uh, do stuff like that, you know, nothing harmful, nothing, you know, in, in any kind of way. Uh, but yeah, it was just all about fun and adventure and just kind of exploring and just seeing what I could uh, possibly create out of my own mind. So were you a sports fan? Did you play sports? Did you follow any certain teams? That is an awesome question. Um, I was not a sports person until my 10th grade year. Okay. Um, because again, it goes back to I'm in this small rural town. You had baseball, basketball, and football. Football was not necessarily my forte. If you could see me, I don't have the football bill. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, unless I'm a kicker. And that was, uh, yeah, football was not it. Coordination wise, basketball was also not happening. You know, dribbling would be like, hey, that would be a win just to be able to get that part down. Little, little long shooting or anything like that. I did do baseball um, kind of as literally I had that down, but I, not going to become a Derek Jeter or anything like that. I'm not going to become a superstar in it. Um, so I tried them all uh, with the exception of football. Uh, I tried baseball, basketball, not so much. I was always going to kind of be on the uh, B team or if they had a C team, I would have been there. Probably most notably, I'll probably be a church league. Um, so no, not so much in sports, but uh, 10th grade year, my small little town, invested in a track. They put up a very nice uh, track and they started track and field. And lo and behold, I am a pretty awesome distance runner. And maybe that's like because I grew up in this wide open space with fields and, you know, you don't see the next house. You have to actually travel. So if I wanted to go visit somebody, maybe I would just either bike or walk or just jog that way. And all of those times of doing that was actually just kind of training and 
conditioning me to be um, a pretty good runner. And, and I would say pretty good because um, at least uh, for that 10th grade year, I know that I received uh, numerous awards, I would say, for distance running, one mile, two mile, two mile relay. I, uh, I found my niche in, in, in that particular sport. So yes, I mean, sports for me, track and field, yes. The, the traditional ones that you normally think about, not so much. So you weren't going to get an athletic scholarship by any <laughs> Yes, we've established that, yes. So what led you to UAB and studying here in Birmingham? So UAB uh, was this nice balance when it comes to distance and also education. Uh, UAB is, in my opinion, and I'm sure opinions of other people, is a top-ranked school. Uh, academics have always been important in uh, my household growing up. Uh, they've been important to me, so it was important to go to a top-tier school. At the same time, as nice as you're kind of transitioning into adulthood, you know, being a young adult and still finding out about the world, finding out about yourself, to be able to have some close proximity to your safe space, to home and family. And so uh, being at UAB, I, I was far enough away to uh, have my own independence, to kind of be out there and explore and, and, and learn on my own. But as those times came where maybe you get a little homesick or you just want to be able to kind of go back to the nest and have your little safe space, I could still easily return there. You go from a dot on a map into mm -hmm. the largest urban center in the state of yeah. Alabama. What was that transition like for you? Well, I have to take one step back. It was not that difficult. Um, I mentioned that I grew up in this small rural community and, you know, I went to UAB. But in between there, I, for my 11th and 12th grade year, I uh, changed high schools. I went to a school in Mobile. It's called the Alabama School of Math and Science, or ASMS. It's a school. It's kind of like a magnet school. You have to apply. It's really just like a, a college prep. So everything I did to get into UAB, I had I did two years prior to get into ASMS. So having the experience in that high school really gave me a flavor for what university would be like, the way the courses were designed, the, the level of academics there, all was really very helpful because being in my hometown school, I was a consistent A student. I remember my 10th grade year, I actually had this thing, a little bet going with some friends as to who could make the highest score in our math class, all right? And um, for that year, I actually got a perfect grade, like 100%. However, you know, in hindsight, when I think about that, you really shouldn't be able to do that because that means I wasn't being challenged at all. So I was kind of a big fish in a small pond. When I moved to ASMS, I realized I was surrounded by people who were all gonna be salutatorians or valedictorians. My first trimester there, I think uh, the lowest grades I've ever gotten. Uh, I might have one A, um, some Bs, and they were not necessarily high Bs. 
And so, yeah, I had to learn then, and it was an eye-opening experience. I had to learn then how to study, how to take notes and do these kind of things. Uh, so I had two years of kind of prep. And then when I moved to UAB, to Birmingham and to UAB, um, it actually was an easier transition for me. From a small town to UAB, with that little segue in between, it was okay. It was not, it was not a hard transition. So when you arrived to UAB, you already have kind of an urban experience behind you. What things mm -hmm. did you get involved with on campus here? I think I dabbled in anything and everything. I don't know that I was fully committed to anything at the time, um, like because I was really just trying to explore and, like I say, find a lot it's not just so much find out about what I wanted to do. I was really trying to find a lot about who I am and, and just, you know, what I enjoyed and my interests. Coming from uh, ASMS, I continued with track. I ran cross country at the math and science school. So I uh, initially, I think my freshman year, it was my freshman year, I also ran uh, cross country at UAB. Later in my university career, I would uh, join into fraternity um, and uh, yeah, just random, any random thing that you can think of. I explored everything from doing um, different kind of talks like debate, you know, um, if you could come up with a club, I was trying to find it, be it a chess team or a math, whatever it was, you throw it out there. I'm like, hey, let's go check it out. So uh, you name it. So when did you hear about Blaze? Because at this time, he was a new mascot. He hadn't even been worn yet. I mean, he wasn't even really a thing. So how did you hear about the tryout? I believe because I, when I when I first moved uh, to the university, I stayed in the dorms at the Rass Hall, if I recall the name correctly. And I feel that there might have been uh, kind of uh, canvassing or advertising that might have gone through the dorms. The neat thing with the students is word of mouth, you know, is 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 a good way of getting stuff around. So even I can't recall if it was necessarily me or if maybe one of my dorm mates or just somebody in class might have brought it up. Um, sometimes, you know, if you have a group of friends, if one hears something, they are like, oh, we know who would be the person we should mention this to. Um, and so it quite possibly came across my radar from somebody who's like, yeah, yeah, Charles will do it, you know, or let's tell him. Um, so that's, that's how I found out about Blaze. What made you think that you would make a good mascot? <laughs> so uh, this this might this is a story I have not told in a long time. Back to my high school, ASMS, the math and science school. You have at this school just this eclectic group of adventurous, curious, thinking students. And um, lo and behold, just pure coincidence, the mascot for Alabama School of Math and Science is ASMS Dragons. And we, at the time when we were all down there, we had the name, but there was no physical mascot. So of course, we're not this type of group that like, okay, we 
don't we hear about it and do nothing about it. So we actually created the mascot for the school. We got together, we ordered the mask, put together, um, you know, the little outfit and all that. Halfway through kind of um, the season, uh, volleyball season, we decided, okay, we're going to try it out. And uh, the person, of course, that got uh, tagged to do it was yours truly. So I get suited up. Um, halfway through the game, uh, one of my friends helped me, escorts me over to the volleyball court. I walk in, crowd goes nuts. I mean, they lose it. it and it is the most awesome feeling. And something just kind of kicks in to me automatically. I mean, I hear the, the roar. And so I'm you know, pumping them up, come on. They actually had to time out. They had to stop the game momentarily because the, the, the students were just kind of losing it for a while. And once that kind of got patched out, you know, it, it just kind of went from there. And then we just started circulating around different people would be the mascot at different games. So fast forward to UAB. Now I hear about this tryout. Oh, look, it, it's, it's a little dragon, right? So um, it is like it's like a destined type thing to be. The universe was just bringing it all full circle. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, sure, let's let's give it a try. Why not? Based off the history, then you kind of had a competitive advantage going into tryouts. You know, we say that now, but uh, we would, I would never admit to that um, back then. But, uh, I, but I don't know. I don't know. I think that one of the things uh, about being the mascot is just what you make of it. So, yeah, I've done it before, but I'm sure there are other people that might have done, you know, if you've done anything like in gymnastics or any other type of activity like that sure i mean you can you can translate that into doing the mascot so maybe maybe a little bit uh but i, I just like to think that um it, it was just kind of one of those meant to be things do you remember the tryouts and do you remember how many people were trying out to become the mascot yeah i do believe there were probably about 10 people or some, somewhere around there. I, I, I'm certain, pretty certain there were no more than that. I remember for the uh, tryouts that we were told to, uh, you know, make our kind of own music. And uh, I forget, I, I really believe this was back in the day when cassettes were a thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we made our own music. Uh, we go, I think, I remember it being kind of in the evening towards the nighttime towards the student center somewhere up there. Um, we get up there. Uh, I don't recall that I was really feeling nervous or anything like that. I've always kind of had this thing. If I am going to be nervous about something, I get nervous after I do it. You know, I, I, I just kind of go for it. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, well, you know, that that was wild. Um, but get there. Um, it, all the music is given to the different people. I was the first one to go in and audition. I, I also remember that. Um, I think that was also because somebody probably said, who wants to be first? And again, I just kind of like, yeah, that's exactly. Like, let's run. Let's do it. Let's let's do this before any I have a chance to uh, you know, think about it too much. And um, also, maybe I can either set the bar 
Or it's like, okay, I'm glad I didn't have to go after that person because you know, <laughs> this is not going to be as good. Um, but I, I remember suiting up, going in. And again, it was one of those things. Uh, I, I forget whatever the music was, just some fun, upbeat, you know, what I thought at the time would be good, um, you know, arena music, um, uh, three different little segments. And the music starts playing. And I remember just kind of going with it, just like, uh, just release and enjoy the moment. And, and that's a big thing I try to do. I try to be in the moment and feel whatever is happening at the time. So um, I remember doing that. I, I, I remember one little thing though about that audition. At the last song, at the very end, I, I remember I was doing some little move um, that was uh, kind of like a spin and then I'm gonna like stand on my toes or something like that. And in doing that, I, I broke one of Blaze's toes. You know, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, that's that that's going to be held against me. That's that's going to be, but it wasn't apparently, and um, so it it worked out okay. But yeah, I I injured the mascot on my on my very first go in the suit. Was it a one night of tryouts, and that was it? It was one night of tryouts. They 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 uh, everybody went through the whole process. I think I remember. Yeah, we stuck around, and um, they did the the decision on the spot. They they went through, saw everybody, um, and then they let us know right there, which was great because you know I'm, I would have been in my head thinking about, ah, oh, should I have prepared more? Should I have done this? Should I have done that? But it, it was really, um, it was really great. Um, and I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I had a chance to, to, to actually be able to be the mascot because it was a huge learning and growing experience for me thereafter. When you called your family to say, hey, I'm gonna be one of the first blazes, what was their reaction? <laughs> um, it, it, they, they were probably a little underwhelmed, um, but that's probably because, I mean, you have to uh, remember I'm this kid who's been doing all this wild and zany stuff for years. Um, so this is just kind of another drop in the bucket of, of my antics. Um, but of course, though, they were very supportive. Um, both mom and dad, they, they've always been very good about encouraging me to try new and different things, to be adventurous. Um, uh, of course, just as long as it's in a fun and safe way. And, you know, they obviously see no harm in, in, in doing the mascot. And so they were like, very good. Thank you. That uh, very good. You know, I'm, I'm congratulations. Um, you'll be great. All right. Good night. <laughs> So you were actually the second person to wear Blaze and event. The first one was Wendell Ivey and unfortunately yep. away. Yep. What was that first experience like for you and him? Because I'm sure you traded off the suit during that event. Being the mascot brought about a lot of learning and, and a lot of experience. And um, Wendell um, would in time become my frat brother. I mentioned I well, that was one of the things. And in part from that experience and having that interaction is what drew 
me towards, you know, in addition to the fraternity. Um, so yeah, just that whole experience in itself is just kind of a bonding. It was kind of, uh, uh, you know, that that kind of community sense of community that you you don't usually get. I guess that sometimes a larger university, but you then start to find these smaller pockets of friends and fellowship that happen along the way. Um, we would, obviously, Wendell and I, we would get a good rapport. You know, we we would uh, talk about different things. I remember oftentimes, you know, the schedule would be set, so it was balanced out to be you know, nice and fair. So we would have equal opportunities to do different things. But then even after that, you know, if there was something particular, I remember one time Wendell came to me, there was one particular game that he just really wanted to do. And so I was scheduled for the game, but, you know, in the suit, you know, it, it looks so, it, it, so obviously for that game, it was like, that was Wendell in the suit, even though I was the name that was on the roster to be up. So, um, but yeah. That it was it was really good. So with him, did you guys have to coordinate how to walk, how to move? Because you were Blaze, you weren't Wendell and Charles. You were one character, and it had right. to be kind of the same mannerisms. Yeah, I would say that at today, um, you know, you probably would see more of that. At the very beginning, though, it, it, I wouldn't say it was that structured. I would definitely say uh, you would be able to tell, though, which one of us w was wearing the suit at the early stages um, because we just did have two different kind of styles and personalities. I think I was one of the people that when, especially if we were talking about a basketball arena game, something like that, I tended to like to probably run around more in the crowd and that kind of stuff. He would be more on the floor. So so if you if you were a keen observer, you could probably figure it out. If you, of course, if you knew both of us, but I don't think most people, you know, really dug that deeply into the mascots. I, I don't think anybody was really buying tickets to be like, yeah, we're going to go check out the mascot tonight. But uh, uh, but yeah, uh, so but early on, I, I would say it wasn't it wasn't quite um, as important. Now, I know um, since then, I mean, when you look at mascots today, I mean, it, it, it's it's one of those things. It is it's detailed. I mean, it's very structured. I mean, you you're doing um, routines. Uh, you have to really be on it. At, at the very beginning, though, it was a little more relaxed and loose, which was great because you know, at that point in time, I don't know that even mentally I was going to be focus enough to have that kind of structure but i did have personality enough that you put the suit on the transformation kind of happens as you're getting suited up and then you know you, you you hit the stage and it's just like let's have some fun i'm sure you did all of the sports as blaze football basketball whatever they mm -hmm. may be doing football in the heat of alabama summer the tail end of it <laughs> how hot and heavy does that suit get brutal it 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 is oh my gosh it makes you you know question life decisions sometimes um you, and you, and you and you ask and, and you start to ask questions about it and here's what you find out you find out that in some of the other um, mascot suits they have a fan 
and we did not. Um, so it was one of those things. So yes, I, I if you want to know the truth, yes, I was very partial to trying to do anything that was in the arena, uh, photo shoots. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would I would try my darndest to to stay away from anything because the suit is by default kind of hot itself. Um, but then if you happen to be outside, especially um, meet and greets. I mean, you would just be soaking inside of the thing. So you would have to layer up with some clothes, but when you come out of it, I mean, you would be drenched. Um, fortunately, I mean, you know, I'm a lot younger then. And so, you know, the, the tolerance for these kind of things, you know, is okay. I guess you, I don't know if it's just a, you're built differently or something like that. Can I do it today? Absolutely not. No, uh, it was like, why is the mascot grumpy, you know, the first <laughs> uh, just grumpy looking mascot. He just looks so upset. Yeah, I, that would be the, the situation today. But, you know, you just don't kind of notice it so much in your early 20s. It's just like, okay, I'm out here and you're just having fun. What part of the relationship did you tell your wife that you're a former mascot at a a Division One school at UAB. <laughs> I, I told her um, when uh, you reached out and said, "Hey, I want you to do a podcast regarding being the former mascot." Uh, it doesn't normally just pop up uh, on first dates, and I think that's probably your window right there. Um, and, and it's one of those things. I, I guess I, I like to have something always new to share, so it's never a big secret. I just don't know that there ever came one of those conversations where we were deep diving and, and, and that came up. And so she was like, it was, but it was cool. She had a great reaction to it. She's like, really? You know, but then after that, she like took a beat and was like, I can see that. Yeah. So <laughs> she, she knows me well. So with your son, he's two. Yep. Is this going to be, you know, kind of a storyline with him that you can tell him? Because <laughs> little kids love Blaze. They do. They do. And I believe so. I, I, I think he will get a kick out of somewhere in life. And, and this might be many, many years down the road um, that, you know, and, and I try to document and leave different little nuggets for later um, that he might get a kick that his dad was, you know, this guy who was, you know, actually fun, you know, because I think at some point in time, I'm right now, I'm just dad and he doesn't realize that prior to being dad, I was actually cool, you know, so. <laughs> That's Charles Floyd. In 1999, Charles graduated from the UAB College of Arts and Sciences with a bachelor's degree in biology. As one of UAB's original Blaze mascots, Charles definitely has a good idea of what it means to be a Blazer. Being a Blazer kind of has this element or air of kind of a pursuit of excellence. Uh, that's what I think about. Um, and I don't just take that just from me. Um, because while I was at UAB, I mean, I got the opportunity to meet and I'm still in connection with a lot of awesome people. And um, these are people that different career paths, a lot of different things, but all of these people, I, I see them, they just do really great things. I mean, I have some 
some are classmates, some are older, some are younger, but they have all just been exceptional and excelled in their own giftings and talents. I know a lot of that is because of just who those individuals are, but I have to believe that being a blazer had to had to add into that, to help develop and help it to manifest itself into who we are today. Um, and, and, and the thing that I also think about is I know that as a blazer, it's one of those things about it's a, a continuum. You know, this is not just a, a period. There's more to come and even better to come down the road. So, yeah, being a blazer, it, it's, it's, it's definitely about uh, excellence and the pursuit of excellence. That's what it means to me. Be sure to listen in to previous episodes of UAB Green and Told. You can find all of them at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold or listen in on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Have a story to share? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for UAB Alumni. Thanks for listening, and until next time, go Blazers!